Hello, mortals. We are your Valkyries, Miss Darby and Miss Charlie. And we are two conversation connoisseurs. Just like you, you nasty girl. We will be discussing our experiences and opinions on sex work, art, and the erotic taboo counterculture we can't stop talking about. We are currently recording and transmitting this episode from our opulent spaceship of fiendish fun. Welcome to the The Babes Babes of Valhalla. Content may not be suitable if you are underage, closed-minded, or immature. We discuss topics that are graphic and sexual in nature. Me and Miss Darby are doing one of our episodes in person. I am visiting her, which is very exciting. Yay! And today we got a very special interview with um, one of the dancers that Darby has worked with. So we interviewed Tempest. Yes. Yeah, we interviewed uh, Tempest, who I've known for a few years, and her um, partner, Patrick. And just kind of talking about her experience dancing, um, some of their relationship conversations with her dancing her retirement, um, aging and dancing, because mm-hmm. she's been dancing for quite a while. And so we're really excited to introduce our phone interview that we did together with her. Uh, yeah, Tempest and Patrick. Ooh. Hey, girl. Hey. Hi. Uh, you're on speakerphone. Fine. You want me to put you on? You want me to put you on speakerphone as well? Um. Yeah. 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 That's totally. Oh, this is Charlie, by the way. It's nice to finally meet you. Nice to meet you too. This is Pat. Oh, hello. Hi. Is that better? Yeah. He literally just woke up. Oh well. Good morning. Oh no, we we just really appreciate you coming to do this. Yeah, thank you so much. Well then, I guess the best way to start is if you kind of want to just introduce yourselves and just tell us a little bit about who you are. Uh, hi, my name is Tempest. I have been stripping for as long as my boyfriend has been alive. <laughs> That's a good, good way to say it. No, legit. He's twenty-five. I've been strip. I've been stripping since he was born. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Are you Are you okay telling us like how how old you are? Damn right. <laughs> I'm in the fucking gym six days a week, and I look damn good. That is very true. That is that true. That is very true. My name is Patrick. Uh, twenty-five years old. Originally born and raised in New York City, and now I live up in nowhere as well in fucking uh, Pennsylvania. And yeah, um, let's see. We both work nights, obviously, she works nights. Um, and I guess I play, I'm a musician by trade, and other than that, I try to live a pretty uh, quiet and boring whole life for the most part. I what? mean, obviously, except for 
right, perfect. Cool. Um, okay, so uh, Tempest, how did you uh, get into the industry originally? Uh, I was about 15, and I used to run with an older crowd, and one of them was this girl named Becky, and she was a stripper on the weekend. And I used to hang out in the dressing room until one day the manager was at the end of his roof, and he was like, you may as well start dancing and make yourself useful. Oh, wow. Even though you were, what, where were you, like, where did you start, um, like, in what part of the country? El Paso, Texas, a shithole border town. And they didn't care that you were 15? Nope. They wow. were actually quite, they were quite enthusiastic about it. The irony is that years later, this club got busted for hiring underage dancers. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow. How was that, like, starting so young? It was exhilarating. I remember I remember my first major purchase was an 86 Mustang. I uh, I walked onto a car lot and I paid for it in cash. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, but the guy wouldn't let me drive it off the lot because I didn't have a license. He didn't even, <laughs> even want to sell it to me, but then I threatened to tell people he tried to molest me. <laughs> Well, you got your way. <laughs> you got the car. <laughs> yeah, but I had to call. I had to call my boyfriend, who was older than me, and I had to get. He his only stipulation was I had to call a licensed driver to drive it off the lot. Oh, that's so funny. I can't imagine, like, from their perspective, just seeing this person walk onto their lot, super young, with that much cash in hand, just like, don't have a license, but I'd like that one. <laughs> Because that, that was my 16th birthday present to myself. Oh my gosh, that's nice so present. funny. Well, we all hope to get a car on our 16th birthday. You just bought yours yourself. Yeah, too bad I too bad I crashed it a few months later. I was driving home drunk from Juarez. <laughs> that's just like the, that's like the, just the most like exciting 16 year old story I think I've ever heard. Yeah, I don't think either of us at 16 were in Juarez or driving. No. Well, this was back in the day. This was was before you needed a fucking passport. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, so then how did you, um, you guys end up meeting each other? Well, you want to tell the story? Uh, All right, all right. Let's see. From my perspective, I personally have a friend who actually dances at the same club that Tempest does, right? Um, and I get a phone call. Now, mind you, this friend of mine uh, owes me, had owed me money at this point, and she calls me up saying that she needs a ride to work, and one of my really close friends was willing to take her, but he did not want to go to the club alone, right? So, screw it. I'll go. Right. I walked in, felt super out of place because it's not my scene. You know, my scene's more at my house with my guitars and, <laughs> and, and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I walked in and she saw me wearing a leather jacket with long 
curly hair and, you know, all sorts of stuff, and the rest is history. (laughs) (laughs) Tempest, is there anything you want to add to that story? Yeah, I was going around for my tips, and I saw him, and I... I couldn't talk because I was like, oh, my God, he's gorgeous. And I was just like, my fucking God, this is the handsomest guy that I've seen in a long time. Well, I actually wound up just parking myself at his table the whole night, and we were just talking. Mm-hmm. And I did do a couple of lap dances with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then then who initiated, um, like, I guess, like, the, like, the relationship part of it? Like, I guess, like, talking or hanging out or dating outside of the club? You asked me for my number. (laughs) Well, here's, in my personal defense, okay, I had said to my landlord, I was going to the strip club, and I had jokingly said, that I was gonna get with a dancer, right? <laughs> not not thinking because you hear all these stories about how people are gullible and, and they go to you know strip clubs and they're just like, oh my god, she really likes me, yeah. she's really into me, and, and that's not the case usually because it's like, dude, they're working, you know, get over yourself, you're not that badass. <laughs> <laughs> So, so the whole entire time, it got to a point in the night where I went to um, I went to hand her money because at the end of the day, to me, you know, they're working. These dancers, you know, that's how they get paid. It's their job. I drive a forklift twelve hours a night. You know, they they dance and show off their body. I personally can't do that because I'm I'm not in that great of shape. It got to a point where I literally was trying to hand Tempest money, and she was just like, "Oh no, your money's not good." And, and yeah, and it's funny too because as I walked into the club, thinking to myself, "What the hell did I get myself into?" I'd much rather be home watching TV or, or you know, doing other things. I still got a pack for my fucking trip and, and stuff like that, you know? And so I'm literally staring at the wall, right? Because I'm just like, all right, let's let uh, my friend make her money and then get the fuck out of here, right? Um, and it's funny too because my boy, uh, my friend Kyle, he had went like probably about two weeks before, right? Two weeks prior. And when we showed up to the club that night when I went, um, one of the first dancers was Tempest actually that did her set on stage. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yo, this chick you know, she looks like Velma with the glasses and everything. <laughs> and she's got a bunch of tattoos. So I'm just like, so I, you know, glance at her real quick and I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, she's actually very pretty. She's probably the most gorgeous, you know, girls in the club. And then it just turns out that she runs up to me all smiles and she's like, 
oh my god, I love your hair. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving so many people hope out there. <laughs> They're just like, oh, my dream. Somebody, somebody really did find love. At the strip club. At the club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, no, but that's a great story. That's a great story. I, I love it. Um, He's a baby. Oh. No, I am not. I own a house. Uh, I have a bunch of accolades that only grown-ass individuals have. Yes, you do. Thank you very much. I love you. Love you, too. <laughs> and I'm the one that's getting you into watching nerdy shit like fucking Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I never, oh. I've never actually seen any of the Lord of the Rings uh, stuff, and he's got me watching it. That's, oh, my gosh. Those are great movies. That's so funny. <laughs> you're, yeah. both, you're both given, given something... New to the relationship yes. with each other. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> well, I would like to add that October was a really bad month for me. Like, my uh, beloved bunny passed away. Oh. One of our mutual friends passed away. And it was just, it was utter shit. But he was there for me. He was there for me the whole fucking month. He was texting me and calling me. We sit one night, we stay on the phone for five fucking hours just talking. He's also a big change for me because I never thought I'd be falling in love with a Yankee from Staten Island. <laughs> but I was just like, God damn, he's got a sexy accent. You're like, I guess, I guess you'll be okay with it. You'll, you'll have to get through. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's how we met. That's that's a great that's a great story. Do you feel like it was there there was any differences like than normal dating? I guess dating a dancer um for you, Patrick? Like as your relationship started to progress or was it not really a big deal? Uh um definitely I I would you know to anyone that's interested in you know in pursuing a lifestyle like this it's definitely different and it's definitely not for everybody. Yeah. Um, and, I, and what I mean by that is that, you know, like, to me, you gotta be somewhat of a separatist, you know? Like, alright, so you have, what happens in the club, you know, it's like Vegas. What happens in the club stays in the club, mm. you know? Mm. I find myself telling her, you know, listen, you're not in stripper land anymore. You know, welcome to reality. Yeah, because it, it, it is definitely two, you know, um, two different types of aspects you're dealing with. It. You got to be much more understanding and acceptable to things. Mm -hmm. And uh, which is kind of odd because I find myself to be extremely conservative on most topic matters and subjects, mm -hmm. yet I'm dating a stripper. So, yeah. So, uh, have you guys had, like, um, like what conversations have you had as a couple, like, about, about dancing or sex work? I mean, are there things that you, you know, don't talk about or boundaries that you guys have as a couple that you kind of went over as the relationship kind of progressed? Um... Hmm. I don't know. Um, I mean, 
obviously, you know, obviously I, I used to do like, you know, I would go out to dinner with customers once in a while. I don't do that anymore. I haven't done it in a very long time, just mm-hmm. out of respect for him. Um, sometimes, I mean, I'll, I'll let guys suck on my feet. I'll kick them in the genitals. Um, but for for me, obviously, I'm not full service sex work. Mm-hmm. Babe, you got anything to add? Uh, I mean, it, it's it's definitely you know. It, it, you definitely have to how do I put it let things roll off your back mm-hmm. you know there will be people that absolutely envy you there will be people that are jealous of you there will be people that think you're going to help <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so, so either way you know you win and you don't I, I, I would definitely say it's it, it's a different set of rules. I mean, every relationship has boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you should, I feel, get that right off the bat. And between her and I, like, uh, we have full honesty and, and you know, like, I'll tell her what I don't like, and she'll tell me what, you know, she doesn't like. And like any, you know, proper relationship, we'll say, okay, then we'll try not to do those things, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Uh, We start, well, from the get-go, we started out open and honest. Like, I told told him about my somewhat uh, dodgy relationship history. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was accepting of it. He's he's amazing. Hmm. Well, that's wonderful. I, I think you said something really good about, like, learning how to separate, you know, for both, both parties, for, you know, whoever you are in the relationship when you're a sex worker. It's kind of like figuring out, like, what's work stuff and what's home stuff and realizing that they're in two separate categories, whether you're, you know, the dancer or the partner of the dancer or the partner of a sex worker in general. It's... It's finding how to make those two worlds work mm-hmm. individually. He gets he gets a kick out of my DMs because usually <laughs> usually all we do is we just send a picture of his penis. <laughs> Which I was the one that started that because it's just like if you get a proposition, my girlfriend, and annoy me because I find it you know it it, it, it it's funny. To an extent, and then it's just like, all right, dude, fuck off, you know. Like <laughs> at the end of the day, like this isn't, you know, we're at home. I don't need you trying to tell my girlfriend sweet nothings and try to fuck it and try to, you know, try to get her to talk to you or something like that. No. So and like I had this. It, it honestly started probably about, like, a month ago when uh, she was visiting me on my lunch break at work, and she was telling me about how this dude, you know, sent a picture uh, of his of his genitalia, right? And so my, my first reaction to this, to hearing this, was, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let me see this. Alright, my dick's bigger. Send him a picture of my penis. It, it's, it's essentially, you know, uh, it's essentially like, you know, declaring dominance. You know? <laughs> well, it works. The only problem is it works too well sometimes. He's gotten a few propositions of his own. Oh, oh. that's great. <laughs> Oh my gosh. They're just like, well, as long as the conversation's going that way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, That's so funny. So do you feel, um, Patrick, do you feel weird about going and seeing Tempest at work, or do you guys not do that? All right, I I do get dragged out to the club. (laughs) (laughs) And I say dragged out because that's essentially how it goes. It's like, right... You know, now most guys would think like, oh, you're dating, you know, a really attractive, uh, you know, female, like lady, and, you know, obviously she's a dancer, so obviously she, you know, she's attractive, that's how she kind of makes, that's how the world, you know, works, and that's kind of how she makes her money, you know, uh, but at the end of the day, I do get dragged out to the clubs, and it's usually more because she wants me to come and, you know, meet some people, like some of her friends, mm. or, you know, they're having an event or something like that. And personally, what I do is I go, like, I walk into the club, whichever club it may be, and I'll pick a corner. Uh, like the most, you know, dimmed and dark corner, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'll literally just rush off to there and trade in like 20, like a 20 spot for ones and literally sit there and then all the girls for the most part know to leave me the fuck alone, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, like, I'll, I'll give them dollars and stuff because, once again, I understand, you know, they're at work. That's kind of what they do for a living, you know. Um, so with that being said, I'll, you know, they'll walk fast and do their rounds and stuff like that. And I'll give them dollars, but other than that, it's just like, I want my phone the whole time. Just mm. Sometimes I'll occasionally get some, you know, some dance that's like, oh my god, you Tempest boyfriend, oh my god, you know, and they'll come <laughs> running over and sit down with me and we'll, you know, talk and, and stuff, but other than that, like last night, for instance, I had a bunch of things to do um, throughout yesterday on top of working the night before, and we were supposed to go down to the club and, you know, she was possibly going to work. And I told her straight up, I was going to hand the bartender like 20 to $40 and tell the bartender to make sure every, you know, all the dancers get their equal share of it. I'm going off to the corner and taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you could sleep in there. I know, it's so loud. No, I don't think so. All the girls know you, they're like, oh, you're the guy with the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for the most part, they know me. Yeah. They know parts of you. Yeah, that's what I mean. They they know some parts. (laughs) Like your your loving heart. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, don't 
and your long, thick, wavy hair. <laughs> oh, God. So, do you guys, uh, I mean, I guess in general, just based off of your experience in your relationship, do you have any advice for other couples who are maybe just getting into relationships with dancers or are, you know, you know, thinking about it, (laughs) (laughs) hoping one day that they will have a beautiful woman from the club on their arm, on their arm. I'm thinking it's more along the lines of a lot of people hoping, you know, to be honest. Uh, Well, we need boyfriends. I mean, (laughs) well, I guess maybe the better question is, yeah, for for other people who are in this type of relationship, do you have any advice for them? uh, Definitely, to go back to what I was saying before, definitely you want to start off with, you know, Boundaries, boundaries are very important. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like I personally don't like things, and I'll tell her that. You know, I don't mind if an old dude wants to friggin', you know, take pictures of her feet. By all means, if you want to be weird, my guy, go for it. You know? <laughs> uh, like, if that's what helps you sleep at the end of the night, as long as it doesn't. You know, we have guidelines and boundaries, and mm-hmm. that's one big thing um, that I must uh, must say. And then honesty, you know, and transparency, that's also another big thing, you know, because, well, that's just like any relationship. And it's, for the most part, just like you would treat any relationship to me, mm-hmm. you know, um, with you know, honesty and respect and, you know, boundaries and guidelines and stuff. But then in avenues that you have to, you have to kind of mold to the scenario and situation type thing is uh, definitely you got to be more understanding and more, you know, willing to be open-minded on certain topic matters and certain, you know, subjects. And then on top of that, one massive thing that I can't, you know, I can't stress enough is separating. Mm. So it's, and, and, and it's not even just for, you know, the partner's sake. I feel like it's for the dancer's sake, mm. you know. I, I, I know that when I leave work, I don't want to be thinking about work. I don't want to be, you know, having, you know, everybody on my social media talking about how, you know, they saw me at work or, you know, things about, no, when I clock out after my 12-hour shift, guess what? I don't want to hear about work. I want to go home, get stoned, you know, (laughs) smoke a little fucking pot sometimes (laughs) and, and, you know, chill out with my animals and my guitars, <laughs> you know? Um, so it's just like, yeah, we talk about the club and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you, you also got to think that they're humans too. At the end of the day, you know, her and I still go to Walmart. It's <laughs> not like, you know, where we live, you know, people live in, you know, Middle Earth or Midgard, and <laughs> Asgard, you know, we're not superior, or we're not living up on the hill, per se, you know, um, 
and, and that's one thing that I feel like people don't really get a grasp on until they uh, they start dating like a dancer or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like they start, you know, hanging around. And, and don't get me wrong, like I find myself hanging out with what they call the furniture most times. Which. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know they were f- referred to as this, but apparently so. And it's just the regulars at all, you know, just sit in all the time. I don't think uh, we've ever heard them called the furniture before, but that's, that's really, really funny. funny. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> we were like, what's the furniture? And you're like, the regulars. I was like, ah, yes. <laughs> basically, they hang around so often. They're basically a part of the, they're a part of the aesthetic of the club, like the furniture. Yeah. When they hang pictures, they just put one on, like, you know, Steve's lap. They're like, oh, sorry, Steve, we forgot you. Sometimes go home. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. They brush off the cobwebs. Oh, gosh. Um, uh, Tempest, do you have anything you want to add? Any uh, advice? I mean, you did a really good job with that, Patrick. That was great. I just... uh... Well, dating him, I definitely have learned a lot. Especially, you know, he's... Sometimes he is not afraid to say no to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I wanted to buy... I wanted to buy a parrot the other day. And he was like, no, you are not buying a goddamn parrot. And I'm just... I just look at him like, excuse me? Did you just tell me no? (laughs) But yeah, you can't have a parrot. (laughs) We have big snakes, okay? I have a reticulated python. And she... I bought her a Burmese python not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And so... My whole thing is, I don't think it's sound to have birds and other, you know, small animals that could potentially be eaten. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I showed him one of uh, one of my old friends from another club. Her husband bought her a toucan for a wedding present, and of course he was like, "Oh God!" He was like, "Don't even think about it." Yeah, I've never heard of anyone ever owning a toucan, <laughs> especially for their wedding. Adorable. His name is Eduardo. Um, have you guys noticed like any difficulties? Maybe not even in your relationship, but like surrounding your relationship. You know, just anything in general. Like the fact that you're a dancer is that difficult for you know, like Patrick's family. Yeah, Patrick's family. Or is it you know? Has there been other unforeseen difficulties that you guys have had to navigate? Um, well, from my point of view, uh, like, basically, well, I've been blessed and lucky, uh, luckily been able to have, um, a a set of parents where they're very acceptable and stuff. My parents' philosophy throughout my life has always been, um, as long as you're keeping your nose clean and, you know, you're doing your part in society and, and, you know, paying your taxes, that's all they really ask for, you know. My parents live in New York City um, and and they have their own house. I, at the age of 25, have my own house. I don't rely, I'm fully independent and, and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And so, at the end of the day, their whole thing is, well, if it makes you happy, you know, and you're not a menace to society, 
they fought, you know, they supported for the most part. Mm-hmm. And but from my aspect is, you don't pay my bills. I don't give a fuck what you say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's a good way to think about it for sure. And but it is nice to know that that's also not that's also not an issue in in with your relationship with them is that they kind of respect you as an adult and you respect them as your parents and that you guys can maintain that. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've I've been pretty lucky throughout most of my relationships. Parents were usually accepting or they weren't an issue. Mm. That's that's really fantastic. That's really great. I know some people can be very judgmental and just just uh mean mean about it so yeah that's great that you've had i mean i was more concerned about the age difference than my occupation oh yes we're actually gonna get to that just now actually (laughs) well so tempest what is like um you said patrick's 25 and then um if you're comfortable how old are you and like what's the age gap between the two of you i'm 40 and it's 15 years that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome, isn't it? So, I mean, like, how how has that been, um, like, Tempest, for you, uh, dating someone that is so much younger than you? I mean, how's it been? I mean, most, my last couple of relationships have been with younger guys, mm-hmm. but never, never this young. Like, when I found out how old he was, I was like, oh, fuck me mm-hmm. like I was I was kind of leery you know because he when I met him it was just it, he it was right before he turned 25 mm-hmm. and I was worried he was going to have a quote-unquote quarter-life crisis because that's what happened that's what happened to my ex in my last relationship he had a quarter-life crisis at the ripe old age of 25 and he broke up with me and it was a whole it was just a whole fucking mess Mm -hmm. so I was worried that the same was going to happen with Patrick but no, no quarter life crisis yay (laughs) no no juvenile behavior that's right babe yeah because I've already been there done that so yeah yeah there's an old saying you know wanton kittens make for sober cats Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. I've never yeah. heard that before, but we that makes both, sense. Yeah, we were both uh, we were both pretty wanton little kittens. <laughs> and now you're just both sober little kitties together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the age difference, it's sometimes, sometimes I'm a little bit aware of it. Like, for example, the other day I freaked out because what I thought was a gray pubic hair and I was having nuclear meltdown. Yeah. Turned out it was a white hair from the puppy that had gotten in, in, into my workout clothes. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he calms me down. He's like, honey, he was like, what color dog do we have? I was like, white. He was like, well, he's like, the puppy sleeps in the bed with us. So, uh, that aside, I mean, I try not to think too much about the age difference. Because mm-hmm. I always say, age is just a number unless you're Jeffrey Epstein. Then it's a pain in the neck. <laughs> <laughs>
so right now, I mean, so you just turned 40 and you're, and you're dancing. So like, how do you feel dancing and being, and being 40? Honestly, I make more money at 40 than I ever did when I was in my twenties. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, I've, I've talked to other girls, um, women and they, and they say, you know, similar things about that as well, which is good because I'm not ready to quit yet. So <laughs> I'd like to have 10 more years. That'd be great. <laughs> and plus, when, when I was in my 20s, uh, those were my IHOP days. What, what does, does that, that mean? mean? I had fucking pancake tits, dude. Oh, oh my <laughs> God. Okay, you shush. You were beautiful. <laughs> you weirdo. I worked in Tampa many years ago. And, uh, I had, and that was back before I had my breast implants Mm -hmm. and I had a guy, I had a pimp try to approach me and I was like, I was like, are you a marketing rep for IHOP or something? And he's like, why? And I pulled my top up. I was like, because these are pancake tits and you're not going to make money off of me. Oh, yeah. So, so. I'm pretty honest. Like, I make more money. I make more money with my breast implants than I ever did when mm-hmm. I, you know, didn't have plastic surgery. So, what what age did you did you get your uh, boob job? Uh, they, I got it. They were my thirtieth birthday present to myself. That's awesome. I think you weren't you talking most recently about getting them done again. Yep, we actually, I actually went for my consultation. Ooh, that's exciting. Are you, how much bigger are you going to go? Same amount of CCs, different profile, because I was showing him, like, I was showing him different, uh, different women with 800 CCs, mm-hmm. and he just, he was like, uh, no. Because you thought you were going to topple over? Yeah, so we compromised. Uh, we compromised on high profile 650 cc's. Mm. I bet it's gonna look really good. When are you gonna go? <laughs> uh, we're thinking what September? Yeah. Where? And I'm going. And I'm going with Dr. Reedy because initially I was gonna go out of state to get him done, mm-hmm. but he was just like, "Why the fuck are you gonna do that?" He's like, "Just stay here." Oh, yeah. okay. Well, it'll be nice too because Patrick will be there to like you know, take care of you and, and all that stuff, because I know it can be kind of intense. Plus, she's got, uh, apparently, she's, uh, she might have one of her other friends uh, that works out in Chicago and lives out in Chicago who just went through surgery herself. Mm. Mm. She might be coming and staying here for a couple of days to, you know, help guide uh, Tempest. Well, that's nice. Yeah. That's really nice. After the surgery, so. Yeah, that'll be really nice. Yeah, I just hope this time around I'm able to take a shit because last time <laughs> I got constipated and I couldn't shit. <laughs> we also hope that for you. <laughs> we will keep you and your lower in, intestine in our prayers. In September, we'll put out a post. And this one's for Tempest. <laughs> remember to take a, remember to take your stool softener and your anti-nausea medication. Here, here, here. I remember, I remember my first, my first boob job. I was high off my ass from the anesthesia, and I was like, "Woohoo! I have kids. Let's go to the taco stand." So I go to the taco stand. I'm telling everyone, guess what? I just got my tits done. I'm showing them off, even though they're like bandaged up and horribly bruised. 
Oh my gosh. I wolfed, I wolfed down like five tacos. The next day, oh my God, I was puking my guts out. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Always remember to take your anti-nausea medication, kids. There you go. There's some good advice. Actually, good advice. I was, was going to say, um, like, what do you feel is the biggest difference between you, like, even like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, from when you started or even just a little bit ago, like, um, to now, not even like in your body, but like in your, like your mental space, like when you're working, like, do you feel like that shifted a lot as well? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm definitely way more arrogant than I was. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I mean, I feel like confidence. Don't let her fool you. She's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> But she's a lovable asshole. And she's a money-making one, too. <laughs> I mean, I was joking that even when I was fat, I still made money because I charged per pound for lap dances. <laughs> well, you've, well, you've known me for about four years now. You've seen, yeah. how often, you've seen how often my weight has fluctuated. Yeah, but I feel like you always look really good. I just think sometimes, you know, like... I mean, when you have stuff going on, I think it's hard for anybody to, like, go to the gym and then, you know, but you're always really conscious about it. And I think you always look great. You're the one that's hard on yourself. I know. I've, I... She is a hypochondriac when it comes to the goddamn gym and working out. <laughs> yeah, like, he's like, calm down, you're not going to get fat. Just like, wow, you can eat the cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know, I think it's, it does, I don't know, I think, I mean, I'm not 40, but I I did turn 30 this year, and I definitely feel like, it is weird, like, being even in my late 20s and now my 30s, like, looking at girls that are 18 and 20 and 21, and like, they look different, they look different, and like, and it's not, and I, I could work out and not eat and still not look like I'm 18, and not that I'm weird about my like weight right now but I definitely feel like I think more about it than I did then and it is different as you get older yeah and your body's different and it it just like it takes more to keep it in certain shape and and, like your metabolism changes Mm. and just like so many things changes your hormones are changing so it's like on one end you are getting a different sense of yourself which is really Mm -hmm. great because I think that works really well for like making money and also just understanding like how you want to be in that environment yeah but on the other hand you also have to accept that yeah you don't necessarily look like an 18 year old and that's not a bad thing yeah it's just a different it's a different aesthetic it's a different look it's also a different mindset yeah but if you weren't dancing then it would maybe well I don't know and you tell you tell me Tempest if I wasn't dancing I would still care but I probably wouldn't be as it's hard when you're looking at yourself and everybody else naked all the time yeah would you do you think that you would be as like uptight about the gym if you weren't dancing my mom, my mom always said that I had a strong narcissistic streak in me even when I was a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you feel like, so you think you'd still be, you'd still be uptight about the gym if you, as well, you'd be as concerned with it if you weren't dancing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, I've never really considered youth to be an enviable commodity. It's mm-hmm. bestowed indiscriminately on everybody. Yeah. Anybody, Anybody can be young, dumb, and thirsty for cum in a pair of Payless Pleb heels. <laughs> That's true. But not everybody can be elegant and... A money-making machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
You know, another great thing about ter- another great thing about getting older, I can use my AARP discount for stripper clothes. Hell yeah! Perfect. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and that leads me to the next part, which is one thing that her and I have talked about in recent times. Because you know, she is forty, and, and you know, you. I don't know about you know dances for the most part but I know from my point of view and that's you know eventually I'd like to retire mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y- you know and let's be honest there's not a 401k plan that you know the girls get signed up for when they enter the clubs yeah. you know yeah. so, so my suggestion is definitely put away some money over time I'm really bad. That's one thing. He's really good at money management. I'm really bad at it. Like I like I will go into Barnes and Noble. I probably spend more on books than I ever did on cocaine. Like, <laughs> I will come out of there spending like three or four hundred dollars. Oh wow. my gosh! Like, like what the fuck? Yeah. So well, we talked about we talked about how we were gonna start budgeting, or yes. more like he was gonna start budgeting, and I was going to trust him because he's way better at money management. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And sometimes I think that's something that you have to learn. I mean, I don't think, especially in dancing, that we like. I mean, you start when you're so young, and then you don't really know, and the money just kind of keeps coming, and then you kind of turn around, and you're like, oh, okay, like maybe I should be thinking about other things or other ways to be smart about my money i mean when you think about yeah when you think about retirement um to this like do you like what are your thoughts on it or like how do you envision it like what are your do you have anxiety i guess like how do you how do you feel about it i mean i had to be honest i had never even thought about retiring until i met him Mm. because you know, and he he never even once brought it up. I'm the one who suggested, hey, you know, I might actually like to retire in two years. Mm. What do you think that um, like does it does it feel weird for you to think about like not dancing or like I don't know? Do you have thoughts about what you would do after you left the club? Yeah, I'm gonna be president of the United States. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Already, well, are I you? Mean- I mean, remember my remember mm-hmm. my congressional remember my run for Congress a couple of years ago. Yeah, you no. should definitely talk a little about that. Two years ago, I ran in the seventh district special election. Um, it was because Pat Meehan had to vacate because he was getting a little too handsy with mm. a younger female staffer. And for some reason, Tom Wolf, our great governor, decided that he, they should have a special election and whoever got elected should serve out the remainder of the term, which was like two fucking months. Yeah. It was the stupidest thing I had ever even heard of. But that was the first time I was ever thankful to a Republican for not keeping it in his pants and the, and the first time I was ever thankful to a Democrat for wasting money on something dumb like that. <laughs> Well, and you and you're um you're libertarian, correct? Mhm. Yeah. So then you ended up running as the libertarian. I don't know. You know the word for it. What is, what is that? Yeah, I was the libertarian candidate. candidate. Okay. About three thousand three thousand odd souls voted for me. I yeah. can't imagine why. <laughs> you know, 
My nude campaign photos might have had something to do with it, I can't say. Well, and you, uh, you had that article written about you, too. Oh, yeah, uh, for the, that British tabloid. Yeah. They asked me, they asked me what my uh, qualifications were, and I said they were the same as Donald Trump. Tiny hands, been married three times, no political experience. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I I think it's amazing that you ran and you just went for it and, you know, just put your thoughts and your platform out there and stood up as, as a representative. You know, I think that, you know, even, even if the goal is not necessarily that you're going to win, just like putting yourself out there for visibility is super important. Yeah. Do you think you're going to get back into politics? Oh, yeah, no, I'm planning on it. I'm, like I said, you know, screw Kamala Harris being the first vice president. I'm going to be the first woman president. I just imagine you and you're like, I don't know, like an America bikini, your giant, like, boobs and all your tattoos, and you just have, like, guns and, and a weed, flag. weed and snakes and dogs all in the old office. Can. And a toucan. <laughs> and you're just like, this is what the first female president looks like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get ready, America. And that sounds yeah. awesome. And we'll have the first gentleman right there. Yeah. There we go. First gentleman. That would be awesome. I'll just take a page out of JFK's book and just smoke pot. Perfect. Uh, there you go. In the White House. <laughs> in the White House. <laughs> well, so... Well, because we're, we're talking about Kamala Harris's husband, about how he was referring to himself as the second gentleman... I'm like more like the second eunuch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> okay, so so being 40 dancing, um, so you've had like a huge span of time that you've been in the industry. Um, how do you feel like it's changed and like how do you feel about the changes? I mean Back when I started, it was very, it was still very taboo, and we were, we, I, I entered in, I entered on the tail end of the, of the golden age of stripping, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I start, obviously I started working illegally in the mm-hmm. mid-90s, and money back then, money, money flowed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were tr- we were treated like princesses, and not not everybody not everybody could be a stripper. Mm-hmm. And now you know, virtually any little shit with a TikTok can be a stripper. It's trendy. Yeah. You've got you've got pole studios mushrooming on suburban street corners, catering to. Karen and Becky, it's like, my God. <laughs> and, and don't even get me started on that fucking Netflix documentary. Which one? Yeah, which one? The, that damn pole dancing documentary. Oh, oh I don't we know. haven't seen that we'll yet. We'll have to look it up. Yeah, I saw, I saw some um, memes about that, but we haven't watched it yet. Is it like athletic pole or is it like stripping pole? Uh, Probably athletic pole uh, because you know God God forbid that they acknowledge that pole dancing originated with strippers. Most of these fucking little bitches try to sanitize it however they can. Pole dancing originated in India. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, 
Yeah, I know it's been like a big conversation lately in the community. Is, I mean, yeah. I'm glad it's a moot point for me. I own a pole for the same reason Donald Trump owned a Bible. Basically <laughs> for fo- basically for photo ops. Uh, I, I haven't touched a I have not touched a pole in ten years. Really? Just your yeah. style? I mean, everybody has, I think everybody, like, anybody who's not a dancer kind of imagines, or, like, doesn't go to strip clubs, I guess, often, has, like, a very, like, basic understanding of, like, what a stripper does and looks like. But it is very interesting, like, watching girls get up and do their thing, like, how individualized everybody's style is. Dude, I I would tell people that a bingo match at a senior citizen home is more entertaining than my routine on stage. Now I want to see it. <laughs> you'll, I'll, I'll still dude, you'll fall. Asleep. You'll fall asleep. I'm really very boring on stage. Yeah, but then you come around with your zingers, and that, and then you're unforgettable. Yeah. But then, but then your thing is like your personality and everything that you bring like to people in person. Yeah, yeah, and your giant boobs. Personalities will like fuck you. <laughs> yeah, but people like that. People do like that. Patrick's like, I don't know. He's got a fucky personality, too. Yeah. Well, well, not necessarily. I mean, my whole thing, like, I'm a bit of a loner, uh, I will admit. Um, And at the end of the day, that's the club. You know, after the club, the party's over. You know, it's like spending a weekend in Vegas. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't... You don't find yourself after spending the weekend in Vegas in your fucking, you know, in your kitchen playing slot machines. That's funny. Yeah, you keep the world separate, absolutely. Exactly, you know. That's a healthy way to do it. Is it irritating sometimes, I, I will admit, but that's why I said before, you know, it's definitely not for everybody because, mm-hmm. you know, it does get, because you're dealing with the girls, you know, or guys, because, you know, let's be honest, uh, both can portray a career in said field. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're dealing with people that are essentially like rock stars, mm-hmm. you, you know, um, at the end of the day, because all these people, well, you know, they make significant amounts of money, and, you know, all these people just basically come to, you know, and, and pay all this money to see them dance around up on the stage. Mm-hmm. Which, guess what? Steven Tyler from Aerosmith does the same shit. The only difference, truly, is that he wears more clothes on stage. Yeah. I should hope so. And also, he's probably higher than most girls on stage. And the poles that the girls dance on don't move. The pole that he dances on just happens to be his mic stand. Mm. <laughs> that is true. That's that very, very true. true. That's very true. Um, I was going to ask you, Tempest, just quickly talking about, again, uh, you were talking about the industry. Do you feel like uh, like social media and this this craze, like, with, yeah, with, like, the TikTok and with, like, the all the, like, pole studios, do you feel like that's, you can see that echoed in the strip clubs, like, negatively? Um, I mean, we definitely have an influx now, you know, baby strippers, everyone wants to be a goddamn stripper. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. 
I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm glad that the stigma is be slowly being taken away from the industry. Yeah. But at the same time, the stigma was very profitable. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Do you feel like the direction the industry is going, like, like, um, I know that we've talked a little bit about, just on our own, like, you know, FOSTA, SESTA, the, you know, different, whatever, uh, political, you know, forces kind of at work with censorship and all that stuff. I mean, how do you feel about kind of the way that the the industry is kind of going or, or the way the politics around the industry are kind of shifting? Honestly, I think everything is going to be shifting more towards online platforms, and it's not just because of COVID. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been seeing a shift towards online platforms for a very long time. Mm-hmm. What would you? I, I'm oh. also surprised though. Like I remember when the lockdown started, I was freaking out. I was like, "Oh my god! You know, this is the death knell of our industry. The industry is finished." Yeah. Well, I get back to work and I'm making more money than ever. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess I guess I you know I tend to be a little bit on the high strung side and I tend towards hyperbole sometimes, not very often. I don't exaggerate things, but um, honestly, the industry is surprisingly resilient. I will say that people are always going to want to see tits and ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I may chime in. Oh, yes, please. Please chime in. Um, I, I do feel that, you know, it, it's been a, essentially like a rebirth in the industry, mm. if you will, because like Tempest was just saying, back in the 80s and, you know, in, in the, you know, mid to late 80s, early 90s, let's be honest, you had, you know, rock bands like Motley Crue that, you know, polarized you know, the strip clubs and and things like that. And kind of, you know, Tommy Lee dated, you know, Pamela Anderson and and different things like that, you know. And then that kind of died off with the the George W. Bush uh, administration and, you know, his conservative monkey-looking ass. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would have expected that coming from you. I'm not gonna lie, dude looks like a monkey. <laughs> Just because his father's a, a profound pilot doesn't mean shit. I, I I do feel like in most recent times, you know, with people like Amber Rose and people like Cardi B and you know even people like Nicki Minaj, who you know have never been in the industry. She still got all the plastic surgery. She still, you know, yeah, carries herself with the innuendos and stuff as a dancer would, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part. And, and let's be honest, like, like Tempest was saying, there's been a market for this sort of stuff for thousands of years. Okay? Yeah. You, you really think you're going to destroy it? I do feel like back in the 80s, how, you know, you had... Like Tipper Gore, for instance, um, who tried to essentially um, go after the music industry, especially with rock and roll Mm -hmm. and heavy metal with the parental advisory stickers and stuff. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 
Well, I, I, I feel like uh, this whole censorship stuff is going to backfire because let's go back to, you know, the schoolgirl, you know, type of mentality where, you know, or, you know, you're a sheltered private, you know, you're a sheltered child in a, who grew up in a private school. You're more likely to, you know, rebel than someone that was just left to be, do whatever the hell you want, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And I, I do feel like there's going to be, like, with the more censorships that are coming down and everything like that from, you know, the government and different entities and such, um, that the human population, I mean, we're just defiant creatures naturally. You tell us something, we're going to do the exact opposite. Mm. You know, um, so you tell us, oh, strip clubs are bad. We're gonna be like, let's see some titties. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true though. Yeah, I mean, true. it's something that people have been trying to, you know, take down or you know, make illegal or stigmatize. Yeah, forever, and it it always finds a way. We're just uh, we're just in an interesting time with. I mean, not just what's happening right now. But also just in, like, human history with how mm-hmm. quickly technology is moving. Like, things are just going to progress differently because of how we can access things and share things. And, like, the platforms and, you know, you can you can do, you know, a scene with somebody across the world live, you know. And mm-hmm. all kinds of things are, are coming together. But, yeah, I don't think it's ever going to go away. I think it's just going to sometimes shift. And, like, with the... You know, yeah. the baby stripper thing. I think it's going to get popular and people are going to do it. And then it'll kind of just, everyone will go in waves again. You know, the people who really like it will stay. And everybody who can't really figure, get, it, out. Yeah, figure it out will leave. And then it'll go through another kind of, like, wave of going under and coming up. And and hopefully, <laughs> and hopefully by the time the next wave comes, I will be long retired. Yes. Yeah. You'll be with your toucan. And your snakes. In the White House. In the White House, smoking a blunt. Yeah. <laughs> damn right. Hell speaking yes. Of the, speaking of the White House, one of the things that I've been wanting to bring up for a while was Melania Trump. All okay. right. Yeah, go for it. I just, I never cared that she posed nude. I didn't care that she was a sex worker, allegedly. Mm. But what pisses me off is how people would constantly slut shame her. Yeah. 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 And But she speaks like five languages. She owns her own business. She was rich before she married Donald Trump. I felt the exact same way during his presidency that... Melania really, I mean, they're like, oh, she's so stupid. Oh, look at her. She's a gold digger. stupid. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. But I just, just the slut shaming, the slut shaming from liberals was just, it it was disgusting. Well, well, better yet, why don't we, you know, sit back and mention, you know, there was this meme that I saw, what, babe? It, It was probably about, like, a day or two ago, and I showed it to Tempest, and I found it completely funny because it was the first ladies of the previous, you know, like five or six administrations before uh, before Donald Trump's presidency, right? Mm-hmm. So you had the Bushes, you know, you had uh, Hillary, you had um, 
Nancy Reagan, you had uh, Jimmy Carter's wife, and, and it went all the way back to, um, what is that, to Jackie Kennedy, mm-hmm. right? Now, here's the thing, and, and it was like, it was, it was saying something like, oh, well, you know, these are first, real first ladies, and, you know, they don't, uh, they don't do these things and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm just like, do these fucking retards actually know a thing or two? Fucking, because Jackie Kennedy was, had new photos floating around before Melania Trump was even born. It was when she was married to Ariel Nassis. Mm. Uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I didn't know that at all, but... I think if you don't like somebody, yeah, like, or if you're going to attack them, like, you're like, oh, this is what I don't like about them. Yeah, like, politically, this is what mm-hmm. I don't, like, I don't, I disagree with these things, like, these ideals, these policies, these, but just to say, like, I mean, it's the same thing why I don't like, if people are like, I don't like Hillary Trump because she's a, or not Hillary Trump, <laughs> Hillary no, Clinton because she's a, because she's a woman. It's like, you can dislike you can dislike her policy. You can dislike her this. You, but if you're starting to make jabs at her outfit, like, come on. Yeah. I'm never like, oh, well, I don't like Donald Trump because of his suit. You know? It's like, yeah. come on. Like, you got to get a little bit deeper. Like, the slut shaming, just, like, pulling it's, things it's out. Easy. Like, there's so many things that, that, that you can dislike about the way that somebody deals with their politics. To just go to, like, the base, like, mm-hmm. oh, she was a model. Models are beautiful. Beauty means that you're probably stupid. Let's go out of that angle. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Come on. Well, we've talked about that before, Tempest. That like, um, the kind of the slut shaming that exists in like a lot of uh, women that are claiming to be feminists, and yet oh, they, and yet, yeah, yeah, you know, they're all swerfs. Not all of them, but a lot of them are swerfs, or they, yeah, they they just participate in this uh, that sort of slut shaming, exclusionary kind of behavior, and and sometimes they can be worse perpetrators than at sexism than men so yeah we oh, def- they can be dude they can be worse they can be worse than any fucking right-wing even uh evangelical yeah well, I'll, I'll put it to you like this so a couple of years ago there was a movie with seth rogan and uh james Franco. it was called the interview right where they go to uh north korea and interview uh, kim jong-un yes kim, right and um, James Franco's character tells Kim Jong Un, and also Seth Rogen. He says this line, I believe, two or three times throughout the movie, but it, it totally applies to what we're talking about right now. They hate us because they ain't us. Mm. <laughs> Perfect. You know what? Thank you, baby. That was great. I had never. I had forgotten about that movie, but yeah, fucking, I just, I, I don't know if I necessarily consider myself a feminist just because of all the bad experiences that I've had. Mm -hmm. I'm not, like, I don't hate it the way I used to, but I'm not in any hurry to, I'm not in any hurry to join the group. Well, so, um kind of in like wrapping up a little bit like what advice do you have um tempest or patrick chime in for for others like what would you tell someone who's just starting in the industry fake tits are like kevlar they don't guarantee your chances of survival but they sure as hell improve it (laughs) 
<laughs> that's a good one. That's a good it's one. It's the damn truth. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Any other any other words of advice? Uh, don't let people tell you. You know, uh, don't let judgment persuade you too much. You know, because let's be honest, when dealing with dancers and, and shit, you will be judged. You mm-hmm. know, just let it roll off your back. Yeah. At mm-hmm. the end of the day. And, and, you know, just tell everybody to go fuck themselves. Perfect. There you go. Cut your tags and point your fucking toes. There yes, you go. That is there perfect. you go. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. Oh. Buy precious uh, metals. And things like that, because money at the end of the day is virtually worthless. Um, let's see. And to all the dancers that may be listening out there, uh, definitely, you know, set aside. It, it may seem, you know, retirement, you may be 20 years old and be, you know, think you're on top of the world with thousands of dollars. But guess what? That's all going to come down, you know, that's all going to end you know, someday. And you're going to want to have something that you can fall back on. So my suggestion is, you know, doesn't have to be a lot. And that's one one thing that I've started talking to Tempest about. We should start up a foundation where it gives, you know, the dances and clubs of 401k. You know, like an account where they can, you know, put money away, essentially, like a 401k. But, you know... Um, definitely just, you know, put away some money. I mean, a lot of money passes through clubs, let's be honest. And you could get, and it's very easily, uh, easy to get wrapped up in, you know, spending and, you know, just things like that and not being frugal, uh, per se. But yeah, definitely, even if it's like maybe $50 to $100 a week, you know, that's still only like, let's say if you save $100 a week, that's, you know, that's 52 weeks in a year, that's $5,200, $5,200, right? Mm-hmm. Now you do that for the next 20 years, now you, you, you got over a hundred grand, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, no, that's very so, true. I think that's a great idea. I think I think uh, dancers need more resources like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you guys both for talking to us. This is actually thank our first. You. Yeah, this is our first interview with both Charlie and I in the same state with another person. We usually have done them just one of us with somebody else. So yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, this thank was, you this was so awesome. much. Yeah, you guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to our interview with uh, Tempest and Patrick. If you want to see a picture, one of the one of her campaign photos that we mentioned in the interview, be sure to check out our Instagram. We will be posting um, a couple of those later today. 
And in the meantime, to soothe your aching loins, you can find us on Instagram at Babes of Valhalla. If you would like to email us or call in with an antidote for an upcoming episode, check out our social media for the themes you are currently researching and send your comments and stories to babesofvalhalla at gmail.com. Until next time, stay nasty. (laughs) Babes of Valhalla is written and produced by the Babes of Valhalla, otherwise known as your illustrious lieges, Darby and Charlie. Music provided by the musical genius, Gemini Genesis. Just so you guys don't forget, they hate us because they ain't us. (laughs) (laughs)